Hey, and welcome to this week's edition of the Rugby Report Card. Unfortunately, you only have the three of us this week, um, uh, but we do have the wonderful Blake. Hey, mate. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, not too wonderful. bad. Thanks, man. Gosh. Yeah, Come on, we're, guys... starting, we're starting positive. Ever since you started sharing an office, man, things are getting weird. Wonderful Blake. Oh, we've got the delicious Jim. <laughs> That's all right. All right. What's going on? Not much. How's uh, how do you boys feel after the run has finished, boys? The the long unbeaten Wallabies has has come crushing to an end. How's it? How's it feel? And wasn't it long? It was fucking long. Long five, four, the six. The fact that you don't know that that actually <laughs> that actually the fact that we need up. to build that up as a narrative for yep. on the trot. I mean, they were a big four. Look at me bringing it down five, already. I think, it's, it's definitely five. It's South Africa, two South Africans, two Argentinians, and a Japanese team. It's definitely five. Three of those are a gimme, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. But um, the, the first two were outstanding. But look, off it, I think, is a good summation. Off it. Yeah, I'm gonna double. I'm gonna double down on the off it too. I, I set. I did, actually, I didn't set the alarm. I, I had enough good sense. Um, as a father of a young fellow, I thought, i got to sleep. I'm just like a child on Christmas. My body just woke up 15 minutes before kickoff and there was zero chance I was going back to sleep. So I got up and I watched the entire thing and I'm still hurting on the lack of sleep front. And, and it wasn't, it was a frustrating, frustrating watch. Uh, on so many fronts, you didn't you didn't feel like you could fall asleep in between, you know, the water breaks, the injuries. You Too know, angry. Just, just yeah, you got to be into yeah, it. Okay. I used to do that shit. It's funny you're liking it to Christmas, man. I used to set my alarm as a kid, Christmas Eve, random hours, irrelevant, random hours, and fucking try and catch that freak, dropping gifts off and shit. Catch that fatty. <laughs> Never did. So can I ask if it was uh, if Christmas Day was um, Australia, Scotland? What is this weekend? I got cold, mate. If that was Christmas, I got cold and it was a Frenchie <laughs> that handed it to me. Oh, man, don't get me started. If you rewind the tapes, I reckon when this thing started, I was bitching about there's just something about the French refs who just can't get that shit done. Jim, i got one word for you. Submarines. <laughs> you reckon there's a long-standing or short-standing rather grudge match? Yeah, some text messages or something. I'm not quite sure how much of an involvement Macron had in it, but there we go. Um, what did you actually? What are you looking forward to this weekend? That's what I was also trying to allude to. Like, if that was Christmas, is this is what's what's this to you? Because this is a bigger game, surely. A new look England. This is a big thing. Before we quickly look back at, oh, the, I'm not going to play it down at all because it is bloody huge and it's huge for this podcast, mate. I mean, if we're ever going to record again, it's contingent on Australia winning this game. It is huge, um, but but my my caveat to that is um, we've lost our best player. He's not playing Tupo and Al Alatoa is out as well, both of them for concussion. Uh, our, our success for what success we have had has been, for me, entirely built off for the first time in 10 years having a steady, if not dominant, set piece. Um, and when we're running at a third-string tight head, I just think it's going to look like Australia of 2012 playing a Northern Hemisphere side um, which is what happened on the weekend when we didn't have a tight head. We absolutely got we got towed up there, and I think it's going to be ugly this weekend. And, and it, it and I, look that 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 is England can only beat who they play. Um, but I just think the no tupo is is just colossal. 
Um, colossal anyway, without Al Alatoa out, but throw him out as well. Um, and it's just taken some of the – it hasn't taken any of the buzz out of the game for me, but it's taken out a lot of my hope, a lot of my optimism. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be Christmas lights too. Christmas lights. It's going to be lighting up. It's going to be it's going to be grim. Even if Tupo and Alalalalato is not playing, it's going to be really, really tough. Yeah, but you don't. You two, you couldn't even name half the England team because it's a brand new, brand new real lineup. There's so many new players coming in. Surely you can't come in there and say, "Look, this is all doom and gloom. This is going to happen." Because you don't know. Like, like it's an. Two teams that would never played against each other. England are trying to change style. Um, lots of individuals. Matter here, and, and, and look, had Australia won by one point, um, <laughs> I probably would have kept the optimism train rolling. Um, I, I just, and look, we'll get into this, but I just can't help but think. Aren't we in there um, now? Yeah, well, we're in there now. <laughs> I thought we'd start, you know, with the Scotland game, but I guess going into this one, Quade, Karevi, Tupo. Al Alatoa, Hodge, Corabetti, that's a lot of guys out that our entire South African success, and that, and that was the pinnacle for us this season, that, that's the heart and soul of our success then taken out of this team. Um, and and it's, just, it's just enough to, to fill me with hope but no optimism. Like I really hope we do well. There are still some very good Australian players out there. You're right. Richard, I don't know much about the England side, um, but, you know, if, if we didn't have those blokes playing South Africa, I just think we'd get gutter stomped. Um, it's, it's a lot, of, it's a lot of, of what our success was built on missing for this week, and it is what it is, right? There's a litany of reasons these blokes are out. Um, I'm totally in favour of the concussion protocols. We spoke to Jess last week about the Japanese debacle um, Hodge, you know, we shit on him from a great height here, so he's not such a big loss. But all of those players, I think, were integral um, to, to our victory. So it, I, all I'm saying is, I guess, that there's hope, but there's not optimism, and even, if, though I, even though I don't know much about England. And if you separate the sticky stuff from the non-sticky stuff, like South Africa, when we beat them, they'd come off the back of a huge Lions comp and then some pretty simple dust-ups against Argentina, but there's still games. There's five big internationals. Then they flew halfway across the fucking world. Of course, we were going to come out on top, man. The odds were stacked against them. When you look at what the actual perspective of this shit now, now we're on the road, kind of off the back of what will be a really, really difficult loss to overcome. We played pretty shit against Japan. We almost got pipped. And then we're coming to the cauldron, the, the, the biggest sports the biggest rugby um, fucking venue in the world against England, who, who always play well there, always play well there, and always tend to play pretty well against us in the forwards. And it will be a packed stadium, and it, it's going to be one we have to show up for. I don't know if we got it in us. And, and I guess what we're doing, Richard, is we, we're cushioning our fall. Mm, yeah, I, I was just about to say, I think yeah, you're, cre- you're creating a narrative that if you come in here and you lose, you're just like, oh, well, we, we expected to lose. You know, like we, we, we don't, didn't have much optimism. You gave all the reasons beforehand. So Yeah, we're, we're like- trying to cr- we're crush, crushing your opportunities for gloating here. But, but are any of those points wrong? Korobetti, Karevi, Quaid, Tupo, Alatoa, Hodge. Like it's too big a mountain to overcome, isn't it? It is. I think if you listed all the players that were available, the, or the unavailable, sorry, the biggest one, and I think the, the biggest one is Karevi. And I then Tupo. The, and then Tupo. Yeah, there may be two out of that entire list that are going to make a huge impact. 
But if I just say, Richard, best three players in the Wallabies, it's those two and Hooper. So we're missing two of our best three players. Um, and then, you know, Corabetti would probably be four. So for me, it's... Really? You think Corabetti's your fourth best player? On form yeah. for Australia, I don't think he's an essential ingredient like the other blokes, but in terms of best player, yeah, probably. Who? Corabetti on the sting. Oh, oh, yeah, no. Not essential ingredient, but very good. Talking about all the players that obviously are missing, we need to probably um, review some of the players that did play. Take Roman out of the uh, equation and the TMO because oh, we'll get enough. back to them. <laughs> we need to obviously include him in there as well. Uh, individuals just as a whole stood out and positively and not so positively at the weekend. Um, dysfunction, I think, is 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 the uh, the name of the game for me here. I, I think you know individual players did some things good, did some things terrific. I guess I'll point to Nick White, try saving tackles, some good tactical plays some shit passing. Uh, Right on the wing, one of our better players, but I will not forgive him for that stupid penalty, that absolute ridiculous brain explosion. Hunter Paisami. Very ill-disciplined. Massive hit, big turnover, but fucking cost us a drive being a Muppet. Missed a few tackles going for the big shot, jumped out of alignment. Um, So it just felt hot and cold across the board. Um, I think Kellaway lost some of his sheen playing fullback, not on the wing. Um, and I and I really look. A lot of heat's gone on O'Connor, um, and a lot of people coming out straight away. He's not the ten. He's not the answer. He's never played well at ten for Australia. Uh, my answer to that is uh, it's a couple of things. One, it's it's too small a sample size. It's his first game this year for Australia. Um, let, let's give him a chance. He played pretty bloody well for the Reds. But I actually think him and Nick White uh, are a very odd pairing. Uh, Nick White likes to control the game and likes to box kick and pass deep. That suits Quaid to a T. James O'Connor likes to play incredibly flat, like a running fly half, um, and almost run off his nine, which suits Tate McDermott's game. Um, And I actually think James O'Connor looked so shit on the weekend because he was trying to play like Quaid. He was sitting in the pocket. Um, and, and he just doesn't have the game management for that. So I thought he, he looked really ordinary, but part of me is thinking, is that just a combination thing? Uh, what do you boys think about that? A part of it for me, I, I, I agree with your sentiment, but I, I think the forwards lost the battle up front, and I felt like he, that meant, meant part of the reason why he was so deep. I think if, you've got, if you win that battle up front and you have go-forward ball, you know, the likes of... Uh, Rodder and Valentini, I think, went, went a bit missing and, and a few others. I think if they uh, win that contest, win the contest, I feel that that makes him go a bit flatter as well. Um, I think Can because- I build on that, though? I think they did win the contest when when, when they were in it. Um, I think we actually bashed them up up the front. I think the problem was we didn't play to that style. Valentini hadn't had a hit up in the first 40 minutes. Now, whenever he did, he was so dominant. Um, I think we, we played against, so we went back to left to right, left to right, left to right, and we played our forwards out of the game. We picked this monster pack and then we asked them to to get on the breakdown on the 215-metre lines. Yeah, uh, I, I, don't, I agree to build on that. You look at the statistics, like Valentini had one carrier statistically the entire game. Now, for a world-class that's what he aims to be. He's not there yet, but if he wants to be, you've got to be taking the ball up. Uh, week in, week out. Absolutely. You yeah, know, but to even, me, that was a tactical miss, not Scotland smashing us. 
No, no, no. But that's still, you still got to win it. And part of winning the contact up front consistently is engaging your back row and your two second rowers to win that contact. So, yeah, it is tactics, fair enough. But it was still a contributing factor that, that made James O'Connor play a lot deeper to give himself a little bit of extra time to, to um, obviously, you know, get the ball wider or whatever. But I think also not having 12 there, uh, Karevi there. Um, also meant that he couldn't just like Quay Cooper just shoveled the ball sometimes because he knew Karevi was out, outside him just just chucking it up. Um, and Karevi seems to just play a lot tighter than Paisami. Even Paisami passes more than Karevi, but even when he doesn't pass it, he seems to play a bit of a wider channel. Uh, whereas Karevi doesn't mind running into traffic, Hunter seems to get to the outside shoulder. So it, it, to me, it was just like when we played tight, we bashed him. But we spent the whole game playing loose and wide. I still don't think you bashed him. I have to. I disagree with that sentiment. Sorry. Karevi is a much bigger human than Hunter Paisami, though. So Karevi can play tighter. Mm. I think Paisami's got to get that one-on-one, and he can win that sort of contact and then get some go forward there. And then the other thing for Australia was, and I think it's maybe a hangover from Japan or, or an arrogance from winning a lot. Um, just no respect. So there were a lot of line breaks where we threw a flick pass or an offload to no one or a pass to the ground. You could tell at the start of the game, come on, Stupid, mate. mate. Yeah, Fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff, that, that sort of disrespectful stuff. And then I'll, I'll also give it up um, to Scotland. Obviously, they tout us at scrum time, but clearly a reason for that. But the, the other one is just... French. Oh, yeah, mate, we'll get to him. But Hogg and Russell, how good are they? Yeah, hogging hogging open space is very dynamic. Oh, just in clean air is very good. Uh, just but every touch of the football. And Finross has been playing. We talked about this with the in, the in the Lions. He's been very playing very well for his French club. He, he's he's offload. He he challenges. He takes the ball forward a lot more than a lot of traditional tens probably. But why um, so he wasn't the Lions ten? I can't get made around it. Systems, systems, mate. The Lions try to play systems rugby. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, just mental. Like to me, they they actually both. And so we don't know. They look like a league halfback to me, both of them, in the way that they take it to the line. They hit runners flat. They're Hulk just kind freaks, of mate. Bit rough Hulk around the edges. Yeah, yeah. Hog kind um, of looks like Cameron Munster as well. A little. He bit. does a little bit. I tell you what, mate. <laughs> you, you put those two into Australia's setup. That is the missing ingredient. Like two playmakers that can control a game. They are world class. Um, that they really, really impressed me. And then I also think the Scotland back row um, outsmarted us because we just, like, Leota, I don't know what you guys think about him. Oh, he scored that cracking try. I like him. He's, our line-out was bullshit good because he's the biggest human in the world. I just got, I got a bit of a worry that it's another Ned Hannigan selection. And what I mean by that is you're picking the bloke because he's 6'6 and 120kg you're not picking him because he's a freak at the breakdown, has really good ball handling skills, has good footwork, has a high work rate, a big engine. You're picking him because his stats. You know, if I compare him to Liam Wright, is that his name from the Reds? Yeah, Liam Wright, the, the flanker from the Reds. Clearly, on paper, I'm picking Rob Leota. He's twice the size of him. But who is doing more rugby during the game? Well, that, that comes down to what you want them to do, man, because you can't play that expansive free-flowing rugby if your line-out or scrum doesn't work. So you want to pick that person who can win those set pieces and then train them up to be better on the fly, not yeah. vice versa. 
Yeah, I maybe, but it's just I did. I saw it fail with Hannigan. I just thought we looked better this year. Hey, Hannigan, Hannigan was nowhere near it. It was nowhere no, sure, near but, it. Sure, but that's my analogy. I just think we looked a better balance with Harry Wilson or Swinton in the back row in mm. terms of the breakdown. And and someone please out there on Twitter can shit, shit on me for saying this. But actually, I don't think um, he had a scrummage that particularly well. I know that's a ridiculous thing to say as a, as a blind side flank, but if you look at him sometimes, he was, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it's, he, he looked like he was he was quite high sometimes and and slip. I think some of the reasons why those penalties were given on slipper's side, just looking at it from the TV, just I don't know um, whether that there was the support system in there because slipper never hinges that much, and he did quite he did a few times, but I don't know. Maybe we've been to Arsenal. Someone who's played three or four games for the Wallabies and scored a cracking try and does this and that. I just think we lost the breakdown because we're asking Michael Hooper to be our breakdown, mm. um, and we're not one of those teams where Falafang is a second breakaway. Mm. He's a pretty traditional hooker. You know what I mean? Other yeah. teams have got got that that number two who gets over the ball. Um, and, and I just don't think we we had that. I thought we did. I thought that's why we picked Latu. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently the mail there is um, Arnold. Arnold, yeah, he's on the darts, mate. No, Arnold <laughs> could come straight in because he's played under McKellar and all of the structures of the Brumby structures. Right. Um, but with Skelton and Latu, they didn't want to put Lokes in who didn't know the structures. Yeah, that makes never sense. Played under that system, so that I think sense. that's why. Because I couldn't understand why we didn't see Latu either. Um, no disrespect to McInerney, but. You know, he's not. He shouldn't have Super Rugby cap, should he? How complicated are these structures, man? That a dude who's been playing rugby for fifteen years can't pick it up. It's too complicated. I mean, I get it. At two, there's some points with the calls and shit. Is it? But or are they like? Are they? Are they doing? What are? What are they doing? I don't know. Are the calls like Ulysses or some shit. I don't understand. Are they like Richard? You we're not forward. Twitter. I was going on here, but it, like. Are you oh, guys splitting the atom at training? Are you doing Pythagoras' theorem and Latu is just staring at it? Fucking going, memorizing Shakespeare sonnets or some I, shit. I can't maybe. work out the syntax in this call. Is that what's going on here? Or is it just you big lift tall? Don't, isn't, don't you just say words that rhyme with whatever jumper you're lifting to? Can I just say, as a former hooker, Jim, you should be more uh, <laughs> aware of the uh, intricacies and the. Um, I think he just gave away the cheat codes, the rhyming name, <laughs> the dark arts of uh, of, of uh, being a forward. I think Pritchard, it's more... Pritchard, Pritchard goes to Richard. <laughs> yeah. Is that a pop off the top as well, or just I don't know? That's two Pritchards. Oh, I I, th- I do think it's it's a big thing. It's not necessarily name calling um, at lineouts, but I do think it's the structures of who you work in pods. Like lifting, scrummaging is a big thing. You got to make sure if you haven't scrummaged with the two props for a while, I think that's a, that takes some time. But yeah, we head down a push, man. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it. I was going to say there's probably some sense to it, but I was going to say that in terms of the Northern Hemisphere boys, um, I thought Rory Arnold looked like he played for the Wallabies last week, slotted in perfectly, uh-huh. um, and was a menace at the mall. Uh, just a beast at the line out. He made Rodder grow an inch. I thought he looked sensational. Um, I thought Will Skelton looked like the same bum that used to play for the Waratahs. So whatever the mail is in Europe, I hope it comes true that he is some sort of superstar. His, his and I've said this on that. But he's actually giant. Yeah, we've said this on this podcast when he was playing for the Tars. His uh, body position at contact is still terrible. 
in my opinion, watching it. He's still very upright when he's making contact, don't you think, when he's a yeah. ball carrier? Yeah. I, I thought that this weekend. But, hey, again, small sample size. It might be a case of he is as good as the press has been saying. Let's give him a chance. Um, I thought Curly Beal looked just atrocious. When he was when he was held up like a baby, that was funny. Well, I don't understand. Like, they go over and play in these French and British comps, and I don't watch them closely enough to know the standard and the style of it. But the mail that gets sent back here, it's fucking, it's like slicing bread, splitting bread. Yeah, but apparently you, you go to Japan and you come back and you mark Ella. It's, it's so different. It's just but no one brand. no one mentions it. You come back and you're just three times the player you were. Karevi, Quade Cooper, all of them. It doesn't Michael work the Hooper. other way. You go to Japan, you come back, you're free. You come back from Europe and apparently you're a god. And I just, I, it remains to be seen. I mean, they were both on a hiding to nothing, right? Skelton's come on behind two loose heads in a team that's losing. Yeah. Curly Beal's come on at, at 15. There's a possibility we're being a bit harsh. A possibility, just a small. You want to hear a bit harsh? Let's get on to point. <laughs> I'm just done. I feel like I've done so many rants about this dude, man. I'm just, I got nothing else to say than I fucking saw it coming. As soon as I saw his name on that team sheet, it was going to always end up like this. And you know what makes it worse is just how bad he has it, he is at communicating. It just makes no fucking sense. It sounds childish. And I know English is his second language. But he's, but it's just horrific, man. Just pick someone else. But it's his last game ever, and I guess I'll start on that nice note. Um, I actually, there's you know some cultural issues. A, a guy born in Britain, captain in Australia, giving a didgeridoo. But I actually thought at the end of the game, the Aussies coming over to congratulate Point on his final game with a didgeridoo. The players clapping him off. Um, I love that about rugby. It was his last ever international game as a ref. Um, and I just love that respect, even after getting burnt by him throughout the game and for 20 years. Um, to just was it, was it, I have to ask, was it out of respect? Was it like, hey, see you later, never enough to be wrecked by you again? <laughs> hey, this was just, it was just going through the motions. They knew they were doing this before they left for Japan. We're giving a didgeridoo to Poit and um, Murrayfield, Hooper, you're right. Yeah, yeah but, so. but even if it is just that, I like that that's the customs of the game. It is, yeah. Um, I like that. Now, we'll get on. We'll, we'll talk about how horrific he was, but I just wanted to say that um, as a starting point. Um, I like that rugby does that stuff. Um, yeah, look, how bad How bad was it? I don't think it was as bad as all of you are thinking, uh, all of you. Blasphemy, man. What are you talking so, about? The, the, there are a couple of that you could argue, and the biggest one that you need to argue is the Scotland try. Um, I think that's the one which is a, which is a bad call. It's totally wrong. It's a new rule or a new law that's being brought in. Um, that should have been brought back, should have been a penalty uh, to Australia. Um, the other two that were disallowed, I actually can see why they're disallowed. Um, I actually feel that the the one for Alalatawa, the, the graze on his face, I would actually say it was a penalty for going off your feet and not having control rather than the yellow card. I would just say that's probably the reason why it should have been disallowed rather than Let, the let me play devil's advocate on that, Richard, right? Yeah, and I don't know what you're going to say. You could no, no, actually... no, 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 let me, let me, let me. Have As a Brit, mind. aren't you let sick of bailing the French out, man? Oh, jeez, I'm not, not, not touching that, man. It um, didn't quite go like that in World War One, Jim. Um, <laughs> but, no, let me, let me have my bit on no, that, no, Richard. No, no, because you're just going to say, oh, you could go that at every breakdown, you're going to stop it, aren't you? That's the no, 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 no let, right. Well, if you could let me have it. Oh, go for let, it, Let's man. play a counterfactual. No, don't let him. No, okay. I don't know whether I should. Let's play a counterfactual. Let's say the try scored and then they go back and they go, oh, oh, let's check the tape. 
and they check the Aotoa and they go, that's fine, that happens most breakdowns, and they award the try and they send off the Scottish bloke for the eye gouge in the next frame. Would you Would you not? No, this is counterfactual. That's what happens. Okay, that's what happened on the weekend. Forget what did happen. Let's imagine that that's what happened. Would you be on this podcast saying they should have penalised Al Alatoa first? Pretending that's what happened. If, and what I'm saying, if that, if that I, is what happened, not what I'm saying what should have happened, if that is what happened, if they checked the TMO and they said, nah, that's fine, that stuff happens at the breakdown, no intent, no damage done, happens every breakdown, but we've got an eye gouge here in the next play, he's going off for 10. Would you be on this podcast contesting that? Would Honestly. I be contesting what, Honestly. the eye gouge? Either or the, of it, or the, any of it. Well, first of all, if the if you have evidence that he's actually eye gouged him, he should be sent off and he needs to have a long suspension. That needs to be eradicated from it completely. Okay, But say, uh, for the footage you have seen, if he was given a yellow, if that's what did happen... And if their try was disallowed, and if yep. that was what did happen, would would you be on this podcast defending Point and calling us, you know, sore losers and blah blah blah? I'm not saying you're saying those things, but hypothetically, would you say, well, that's rugby, you know? There's a 50-50 call with Ally Toa, but try was scored, fair play. I, I don't know what you what you're really wanting me to actually answer because I feel I, I like guess the, the, the point I I'm making. The point, I know the point you're making, but it's like it, that's not that's that's hypothetical. We're looking at this situation as it is right now, and we're being, trying to be objective as we can about this scenario. But, but I think to be objective, you have to play a counterfactual here, and I think if you play that counterfactual, it's a different game. And I just as as a as a I guess as a Wallaby fan, well, at their try. Let's play the counterfactual. It was a penalty. It wasn't called. Okay. And then at our try, it just feels like, and, and we spent the first 30 minutes of this podcast talking about our deficiencies. Um, so it's not like we're coming on here and saying we're well beaters. I think we play like that against England. We lose by 30. Um, New Zealand, we lose by 50. Jesus, we did. Um, but I, what I'm saying is it's just a frustrating, frustrating sport that we keep coming back to these moments. These cards are too powerful. And go further with my counterfactual. Tupo doesn't come on, not warmed up, doesn't get knocked out. We keep our tight end for the rest of the game. Look, I know we can't do this, but but that this is how it this is how it feels. This is our frustration. I know you could make an argument that it is a penalty. I don't think you can make an argument that it's a yellow. Um, but I know you can make an argument it's a penalty. I, I don't disagree. I know you could probably, I don't know how you could give Scotland that try. I genuinely don't. Um, but th- these are the things that are frustrating. And then you add to that the final penalty of the game is for long binding. What, what the fuck? That's not a rule. He, just inv- he, did, he did gym. He penalised him for double double lifting. You just the can't long, invent. The long bind's actually can, in there, man. It absolutely isn't. You can't just invent a rule at the 80th minute of a test match. It's just this shit that is just like... Oh. Yeah, what now, the fuck's it, going on? It, what the fuck's going on? And it's just a huge momentum stopper, I guess, you know? And, and I guess that's the frustration. I'm up at 2 a.m. in the morning, Australia's playing like shit, and we claw our way to a position fucking disallowed for a clean-out that I never saw. They didn't play the replay. I'll take your word for it. Paisami did the wrong thing. I'm sure it fucking happens 50 times a game. They only check it when there's a try scored. We score again. Disallowed, our bloke sent off. The guy comes on, gets knocked out. 
fucking hell. Like it just felt like fucking hell. And then every scrum, it made just random penalty generator. I think there was there was no rhyme or reason to those scrum decisions, or they were refed entirely different than the rest of the season we'd seen proceeding up to it. So I, I'm not excusing Australia's behaviour. I'm just a frustrated fan that wants more out of officials and, and thinks we deserve it. Is that wrong? Am I a dick? Well, yeah, but not for that that soliloquy. No, you're a dick for many other reasons, but not for that. <laughs> no, you can be as frustrated as you can, but I just think it's really hard to you got to compartmentalize every decision and try and be objective about it. And I understand everything that you've just said, and I agree with it to a point. But in that situation, as an objective person, I, I don't, I don't really didn't really mind who Scotland and uh, who won, Scotland or Australia. It'd be more funny if Scotland won because just quietly, just quietly, Richard, you wanted Scotland just to wind you two up, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I just think it's really hard, it, and you've got to compartmentalize them into these different segments. And yeah, it's shit, and you're absolutely entitled to be frustrated. And if the, the uh, shoe is on the other foot um, next week, I'll equally be frustrated. But um, it's the reason why we love it. And I won't be. I'll be on here <laughs> telling you. It's fine, mate. He hit him in the head. It's yellow card. Check the framework. <laughs> no, I'm more no evidence of a gouge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that that's the, the reason why we love the game, the intricacies or the the variances, the interpretations, all those things are what we love is about it, sport. Is that why we love it? So they can make up rules at the end of the game to help that you lose? Yeah, that one's shit. I told you at the beginning of this that the fact is that it was a wrong decision. He just didn't read the laws on, on the Scotland try. Absolutely. It's, it, it, that's to a point, Richard, I agree. The mess of rugby is part of the, part of the love. I think my frustration is we only look at this shit for tries. That's the bit that gets me. Like that's the To bit play that, devil's advocate, Tom Wright, was didn't actually put the ball down, so you hadn't actually scored the try. He got disallowed beforehand. Really, you know. I think he was pretty safe. I'm just saying. When, when we're talking about tries not being scored, between you and me, but Wales wouldn't have scored that try even without that intruder. Take that, Welsh fans. Yeah. There's the um the actual intel that I went and gathered during the week, and just the last days that passed, is that Point actually got tapped on the shoulder oh, here we go. by the referee board and, and said, mate, your time's done. The last few performances haven't been great. You got one more in Murrayfield and then it's over. And then he obviously wanted to continue on. And, look, I can't reveal my sources on this one, but he actually went in there with the mindset of sabotaging and causing some ripples that would flow on and bring the brand of rugby down internationally, which he did. So knowing that... Um, look, it's a, it's an easier pill to swallow, yeah. I saw um, you walking around the town. Was that the generalised talk or did you get that from one specific person? I don't reveal my sources or how many they are. I don't want to put you on any footprint. Look, the people who I know they listen to this, people, you're safe. I won't say anything. Your jobs are safe. But, um, look, that's what went on behind closed doors, behind black curtains. That the shit, that's, that's what's really going down here. There's an overhaul going on, people, and it started last weekend. I think that what Jim's doing now is what people do on podcasts about topics and people believe people. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely mind-blowing. Um, speaking of other rugby shenanigans, I'm going to just go out and say it. Um, not in for Java. What? Was never in for the bloke who jumped in and did the anthem two oh, weeks idiot. ago. Yes, idiot. And then he came on and did the anthem again with Japan this week. Um, it, I'm not about it, eh? No. I like you know without being talk me through it. Talk me through it. How if you fucking miss this, Jim? He's yeah. twice a fan has jumped the fence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Joined yeah, the yeah, team yeah. and sung the entire national anthem next yeah, yeah, to the yeah. team. I'm with you. No. Um, you know, 
the 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 anarchist in me, the jester in me, is like, oh, it's kind of funny, but it's not really. You're just a dick, mate. And and without being someone, think of the children. It's a fucking global pandemic. Those players are in a bubble. You can't stand next to them. It's not. It's not okay. How much um, is he paying the security guy? Because come on, man, you watch it. You can't just how he manages to stroll in there and just do it so calmly. Someone yeah. needs to. Someone knows something. Jim, Fool me next once. time, Jim, next time you speak to your sources, could you ask them whether they have any intel? Yeah. On whether there's, this is an inside job at every stadium. Well, that's the head of security for rugby at the moment is also one who's in, in a state of transition. Okay. Um, so this is an inside job, clearly. Mm. Um, trying to, you know, highlight some of the flaws in the system so they can mm. move some people on. Is he actually the head of security, Java? Just out of interest. Is no, it? no, he's the patsy. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he was on the grassy knoll. He was on just the grassy call, knoll. Just call him Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> he's gone down. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, and and the other thing that I hate about it is um, I don't, something about anthems in rugby. I fucking love it. Flower yeah, of Scotland. I just oh, it's a brilliant Wales, shit. all of them, every rugby anthem except I one. Grew up on that shit. Yeah, the <laughs> advance of Australia fair sucks, man. Oh, I thought you were going to go England. Yeah, I was right. going to say Blake was I like God Save the, the Queen, man. I like <laughs> God Save the Queen. I like it too. I'm not a big monarchist, but I like God Save the Queen. It's I love Star Spangled Banner. That's that's a belter. I just love the melody. I don't need all the fucking extra shit. Just sing it straight for me. But but I guess that the, there's something magical about anthems and in international sport, and that dickhead getting in and out shits me to tears. Yeah. Fool me once. Japan, you're like, huh, second okay. time. What? Yeah, the no, time. What, what about the Wales bloke? No, I actually haven't. Sorry, mate. Oh, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll fill you in. I'm sure I'm sure everyone else has. If you haven't, go check it out. It's pretty crazy. Uh, Wales are on the 22 making an attacking play, and you, you can actually see the, the game footage, but the bloke's mate filmed it as well, so you can watch how he jumps the fence. But a guy hops the fence, runs on the field to streak, but Wales are five out from scoring and he runs in front of the Welsh winger who has to sidestep him and then South Africa tackle him out. Jeez. Um, so they don't score because of it. Uh, the Welsh were obviously blowing up Deluxe. And then there was a new footage released today. It's your crowd, man. Um, there was a Welsh dude, banned for life. New footage today of the security walking him out. Jesus, he copped a few schooners to the head on his way out of the stadium. Did the Welsh he? fans were not happy with him. But what's going on in rugby at the moment? I thought I thought we were better than this. No, I think it's the Northern Hemisphere. Some of the actual NFL games that get played at Wembley Stadium. Stadium is it Wembley? No, it's the Tottenham home home ground. Mm. They've been having streakers galore too. Is it it's, a COVID thing? They're just stinging to get out of the house. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just fucking need to run around or something. <laughs> Richard, what's going on with your people? <laughs> you speak uh, for all of them. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll talk to some people. And if I can feed back to you next week, I need to do some research, you know, make it a focus group together across Zoom maybe and I'll, I'll have a true reflection of my nation and I'll let you know next week. Surely it's that TikTok dollar or whatever it is. You're like, oh, I get 5,000 this, I'll jump the fence or some shit and then it just jumps up. Yeah, not into it. Because, God, wouldn't you hate to see big fences around stadiums or something like that? Yeah. All these dickheads. Nah. Some of the biggest sporting, sporting tragedies have come um, due to big fences being there and crowds pushing forwards and seeing what happened with the uh, nightclub mm. the other day. So you definitely you do not want we don't we do not want fences or barriers put up. Yeah, look, I've said too much already, but do you know who is in the talks about taking on head of security for rugby? Checker? No, particularly dealing with streakers, Andrew Simons. 
they actually wouldn't mind him coming in <laughs> and actually laying <laughs> the smack he, down. He would <laughs> lay the smack down, wouldn't he? That was all time, wasn't it? Yeah, they're coming for a no-nonsense approach. Fuck, that's, a, that's an epic footage. If you haven't watched that, get that one out again. Get that one up. Um, all right, boys, do you want to quickly run through the other games? I know we were trying to keep this one short. Uh, yeah, look, New Zealand, that was the most challenge they've been in a while, other than when they lost to South Africa. But um, they, they were definitely knocked around a little bit against a team that probably I wasn't expecting it from. What do you reckon? It just seemed like they put a lot of points uh, on it, if I'm honest. I didn't watch. Well, yeah, but, but, but they, it I, all I, came I late. I, I think you made a bit kind. It of all team. came late, brother. It all came late. They were they picked a B team and smashed them. Is it a B team? I don't know if we'd call that a B team. I just didn't think it was their their full their full strength. Just I don't know. They just smashed them. I don't know. What do you want from me, Jim? Yeah. All right. Fine. We'll leave that as a smashing. <laughs> but I watched the last ten minutes of the Wales South Africa game, and it was they were losing. And then I just saw South Africa put some of the best dominant minutes together. They were dominant for the last ten of that game, and I was wondering how was this even close? Wales looked atrocious in the final ten. Is that atrocious? I was shocked at that. Huh? Is that atrocious? Did you say? Atrocious. There's some oh, troubles. Okay. <laughs> I only caught the last 10 as well. South Africa looked incredibly dominant. So who knows what the rest of the yarn was? I saw the highlights of Khaleesi monstering someone. Yeah, I saw that too. That was epic. And uh, then way, and then Ireland, man. There was like the, the odds were quite close on this one. And then Ireland just came out in their purple jerseys and just told them what's up. Can I just on that for a moment? I'm all about the the colourblind thing. I think that's a great initiative by World Rugby to not have green and red ever playing. Um, I think that's fantastic. But can it be the away team? Just put white on. Well, can the home team just wear their home jersey? Mm. Anyone, it just yeah. shits me to tears. England yeah, it's did bad. it too. Mm. I can't. I cannot stand it. Just have an away strip. What What is it? Is it them trying to sell different types of jerseys? Is it just a, is it a cash thing? Probably. But the colours in this case is the new edict of a colourblind thing, which which I'm all for. But just can I can Japan change? Yeah, you make up a colour. Make up a colour. Well, when have I? I've never seen Ireland playing purple before, man. We're in purple for. Well, for that, you can't have green versus red anymore. Yeah. So you can't have green at all. With playing red, you yeah. Can't have it. <laughs> But no, but I agree with your point. Japan should be in complete white. Yeah, so Japan wear the white. Guys. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's it an be? easy fix. You know what? I'm uh, fine with them wearing purple. Oh. You're the away team. <laughs> anyway, England, <laughs> England. Um, the only thing I thought was interesting: um, Furbank ten. Who the fuck's this guy? Yeah, uh-huh. it, was, it was only because. Um, Old mate was uh, his name surpassed me. Was injured Marcus, in a bit of coverage during injury that, yeah. cloud, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that was it. Right. He had a leg injury during the week, so um, yeah. Marcus Smith did. Where, yeah, that's why he didn't start. And came on and fucking ripped, mate. Yeah, yeah, but against and, a tiring uh, Tongan team, you, you you know you kind of ex- not expect it. He played very well. Don't get me wrong, but you know when he when he's electric as he is against a tiring team, you, you would hope. And they're down to fourteen men in the last ten minutes as well, like. You'd want to put on a lot of points, yeah. wouldn't you? I thought Young's looked sensational from what I watched of it. Yeah, he's getting back into a good, Wound good amount the clock of back. Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, and I think Curry, Curry just looks like a fucking beast, mate. But mm. I'm very impressed, very impressed, uh, and terrified because I think our back row was well off the pace last week. 
Um, it's just I, I look, it's, it, it's hard to read into these games, is it? You yeah, go, I was just you know, what say, do you want from them? Like if they if they win uh, if they win forty nil, then everyone shits on them because they're not doing it. And if it's sixty, if they win seventy odd to whatever it was, seventy to three, then it's like, oh, you expect to do it. You're absolutely right. You can't read anything into it. It's just a, a good no, warm up. They, they, yeah, they can't win. No. They look good. They, they did their thing. Mm. Um, and then France, Argentina, you know, no surprise here. I think everyone agrees France is a pretty strong international rugby side at the moment. I just feel I'd for actually, Argentina. They've had the I, toughest run on earth. I was surprised. I thought the gap would have been bigger, actually. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Um, I think I think yeah. France should be putting on more points than that. Um, can I just actually say, I know we're talking about the international games, um, England and New Zealand played in the women's, actually. Record crowd, like over, I think, about 10,000 people. England women absolutely smashed the New Zealand women, but the, the, the England women are actually... Oh, uh, like, that's why we brought it up. I was trying to yeah. look at your angle was there. But no, no, no. The, in all seriousness, there's a lot of money being put into, you know, the 15s game at the moment in, in England, the, and I think that's that's really good. It's only going to um, increase the game. And they were actually, there was a report out there that they reckon it could even challenge... Uh, women's soccer or England, England football as well for the women. So, which That's is really fucking good. brilliant because in Australia, every day you go on Twitter or Instagram, it's another rugby seven star from the women's game announcing her retirement. And then you go back on three hours later and another NRL team names that they've signed them. Yeah. But I also think of that you need so to So they're funding the, the women's NRL game here and they're just all leaving, mate. No, I was just going to say there's just paid opportunities to play semi-professional. Mm. Like good cash too. Do you want to pay respect though to um, Elia Green? She announced her retirement the other day. Yeah, massively. Um, and I thought for, for for mine the the first real for me anyway. Uh, and I'm sure I'm coming from a place of ignorance here. The real first real breakthrough woman star. Mm. Um, you know that I remember going in and my old man would tell me she was playing, and you'd be pumped to watch it. Um, so absolutely pay respects to her. I believe, if I'm not mistake, mistaken, moving on to motherhood. Oh, really? Is, is that correct? I didn't know that. I just know no she retired from it. Agreed so. with me? Yeah, Maybe sure. Okay. Didn't pop up in my circles. She is. Congratulations and, and good to her. <laughs> More power to her. Yes, actually, I, uh, I've just Googled it as you asked, and yes, they do. So, yes, you are correct. Fucking Wait. get in there. I was, I was getting nervous there. I was sweating. <laughs> yeah, look, great feat. Uh, great career. A lot of Absolutely. success. All right, quick jump into next Good week. Good job all around. Um, I'm going the first game, Scotland-South Africa. It's going to be a belter. Scotland really, really impressed me. I would have loved to play a series against them, uh, but I think they're in a lot of trouble this game. Um, I think where Scotland were weak was line-out, uh, and this sounds ridiculous, but I actually think scrum. Um, I think Point was, was wrong a lot, and we still matched them with two loose heads on the field quite a bit. I think South Africa... We'll towel them at line out, scrum, and around the breakdown. I think the Scottish backs uh, uh, got plenty of firepower for the Bockies, but I reckon I reckon South Africa might just muscle them a bit too much up front here. Um, but South Africa don't seem very good at putting anyone away. They love a close game. Yeah, we've said that before. Um, so I've got South Africa by by a little bit. What do you boys reckon? Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Uh, they do it. I think Scotland will struggle. Finn Russell's great, yes, but. I think with that that blitz defence that the Bockies will run, I think they'll put Melinda under a little bit more pressure. Um, so, yeah, I think South Africa will win quite comfortably. Oh, on South Africa? Yeah, I think they've played some minutes. I think they've played some minutes against Finn and Hoggy and some of the other and Van der Merve and some of the boys that were in the Lions. I don't think there's going to be as much of a surprise or research needed. Um, 
having put him away and put that mental edge to him. Francois Stein now has broken the record. He's beaten Matfield for the longest international career for a Bocce. Not the most amount of games. I think it's 15 years it now spans. And a man of the match. And a man of of the match performance at the weekend as well. Just looks like a fatty who just rolls in. I just love it, mate. Let's just keep this story going. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Italy, Argentina, what do you boys reckon? Uh, this will be the Argy's first win of the year, surely. I mean, it's going to be a close encounter and they're going to have to work for it, but um, they'd have this one circled on their iPhone. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm not sure about the circling on the iPhone, but, yeah, I agree with this summation. But I also think, I reckon Italy would have circled it too as their one you got to touch. big side that they think they could knock off, thinking Argentina's vulnerable, but I don't think they will. They're playing Uruguay in a couple of weeks. That's Italy's circled game. Anyway. That's a fair shout. Yeah, but no one's watching. Um, Ireland, New Zealand. This is a bell. So ever since that one game in America where Ireland did them, um, there feels like there's a little bit of something between these two teams. And Ireland looked really good last week. Uh, With all of that said, I'm backing New Zealand comfortably. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, I I don't think it'll be comfortable. But I I don't think I would ever really back against a, a Kiwi team. I agree that that Ireland are getting better, and 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 obviously Aaron Smith flew in for the Kiwis this weekend as well. I don't know if he's going to play, but um, it'll be close. But as I say, I can't never back against the Kiwis. Yeah, look, people, I'm going to go on the other edge here. I'm going, I'm going Ireland to win this in a close encounter. I reckon Ireland would have had this circled on the iPhone for weeks. Come in Aviva, get the purple out, get that stadium filled. That's why they took that Japan game just with absolute tenacity because they knew this was next week. And I'm expecting them to show up. And New Zealand have had a long international career, and I know that shit doesn't really translate for this epic team. I reckon that was some point there's going to be some fatigue. They'll they'll be complacent again. Um, And then the big one, boys, the one we've been building towards, Australia v England. What do you... Sunday I'm fucking morning, off mate. these Sunday, Sunday morning, night man. games, man. What Sunday are you playing morning. at? What are we doing? <laughs> Sunday morning. All right. Well, I'm, I'll redirect my anger. I apologise. <laughs> I was offered in Scotland because I got up Sunday morning at 5 a.m. to watch it pumped and it just wasn't on. I was like, what? It was on the Monday and I just couldn't squeeze it in. I was off it, off it. Found out the result before I watched it. So, look, I'm glad I don't need to make that spill, but I'm going England uh, here. I think it's going to be it'll strong. Be close to it can, it can, Pom cannot cannot admit their favourites. This will be fun watching him squirm his way around this. Can't do it, can he? Yeah, and then come to, yeah, look, I think they'll get it done. Okay, well, you both answered my questions. So, uh, yeah, well, let's go with that. Uh, Blake, off you go. I can't want to hear you say it. <laughs> no, we want to hear you say it. Pretty much exactly what you said. I think it'll be a lot closer than you think it will be. Um, I don't like the fact England are favourites, but I would expect us maybe just in the kit within seven. Cowless scrum time now? Um, yes, but you never can You never can tell. I just think I, I, in open play, I just think uh, at times, I mean, who knows what, what midfield England are going to play. I think Australia could cut us open, so we'll see what happens. I think we win it. I think we... I think we if I could make a horror film for rugby, it would be Australia scrummaging at Twickenham. It's just like it's just a horror. It's a horror uh, show. Don't you remember? Don't you remember that two thousand and seven World Cup somewhere in the south of France? That was that would be a that would be your horror show, surely. 
Yeah. Even with, yeah. Oh, I remember oh. that. That was, I was just about to bring that up. It's funny that you did. We were that terrible. I still don't know how we got to a World Cup final. I know we lost it, but that was, we were awful. But around, based around scrummaging and just kicking. No, no. Oh, that's why I'm just so bummed. No Tupo. I like Tupo, Latu, Slipper, mate. I back a scrummaging against anyone in the world. Do you know what'll be interesting though? It'll come up against you'll come, and I'm not saying it, England, you'll come up against a team where suddenly he'll start to get pinged. Because I'm still not convinced by his scrummaging. Uh, I think you're wrong there, but we won't know because it's not playing. Uh, with all of that said, um, Australia is in a lot of trouble for this one, but I'm not a dog. I'm not a trader. Australia by plenty. Uh, okay. You're right. Yeah. Uh, hope. <laughs> Dreams. Based on what, man? Based on last week's performance. <laughs> Curtly Bill running upright. <laughs> oh, that was funny. All right. See you, guys. Bye. Cheers. All right. See you, people.